Accidental Fuel, the podcast that focuses on what no one else is talking about. Mistakes. The dental world is full of before and afters, and no one is talking about the middle. Dental Fuel brings you the unspoken in between. We are excited to have Jonathan Miller. In our last episode, Jonathan shared some key mistakes that he has seen dentists make. In this episode, Jonathan shares a little bit about startups versus buying a practice and when it's the right time to start talking to the bank. Um, in your opinion, from what you've seen, is it easier to do a startup or to buy a practice? And I know that this yeah, is going to no, be very okay. dependent. We'll go, we'll go down the loaded question path. And I will say, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, if you know you want to be a business owner and you have a conviction and you really know what you want this thing to look like, startup's way easier because you get to decide. You get to make all the decisions. You get to um, – it's bespoke suit, right? I know exactly where I want, but it's just it. I need to know – uh, where I want, the, what color I want the thread, what, where I want this button, if I want one or two or three, where I want the button holes, where I want all the stuff. If I really know that, then bespoke is the only way to go. So startup is the only way to go because I know every decision along the way, what I want my touches to be. Right? If you're not sure of that stuff, if you don't have that kind of conviction in your system, your process, and ultimately your, you know, vision, I, I get leery about throwing that word around because I think it's too ethereal for some people, especially in dentistry when like, what's your vision for the treatment plan? You're like, what are you talking about? This is a very clinical-based <laughs> approach, Chief. I didn't know vision for the treatment plan. I respect that. So I don't really love to use that term, but you do have to have something up here that says, hey, this is what it's going to look like, and I, and I know along the path I should see these milestones, right? And so for that reason, if you have that conviction, startup is way easier. If you don't have that conviction, then it's absolutely an acquisition model. There's no, there's no, I'm not, it's really, it is dependent, but not. If you, you know, if you're this or you're that. And I think that if you, if you're not sure an acquisition is the route only because there's a lot of safety in the cash flow that comes in with an acquisition. And so that's training wheels to me. That is, that is deep end with the floaties. Yeah. And so you can make those decisions at your own speed. And maybe you're like, eh, I'm actually okay with this color and the buttonholes where they are, it's not that big of a deal. As long as it's my size and the sleeve length's right, I'm actually cool with that. Great. And if that's more your style, acquisition works all day because the biggest thing you're getting with an acquisition is not cash flow, is not team, is not patience. You're getting somebody else's decisions. They made decisions along the way, and you're just trying to find the practice that made decisions similar to how you would make them. And then, of course, when you get in there, if you want to pivot and modify and change a little bit, that won't be that hard because you guys are on similar paths. You and the former owner are on similar paths in decision-making process. If your decisions are like, oh, you guys took PPOs and we're going to take HMOs, totally, it's, it's oil and water. It's apples mm-hmm. and oranges. That's not going to work. So, um, you know, if you're – I think that that goes to some doctors do have convictions about what they want it to be but take the safety net route, and it's much harder for them. So that means in layman's terms, they, they should be doing a startup, but they bought because they took the safe route, they took the cash flow, they took mom or dad telling them, oh my God, you'd be crazy to do a startup. And they have the toughest time mm-hmm. because you almost always, you borrow just as much or more money to buy a practice. And yes, you get cash flow, but at what cost? There is a cost of that. There is a cost of those decisions and you don't get to put your imprint or your stamp on it because once you do, you've upset that cash flow. And then you go, oh crap, oh no, oh shoot, what'd I do? So I think sometimes one of the one of the mistakes is just not knowing who to trust or, or where to turn in your decision making process. Because mom or dad might have their own opinion, your friends or family might have their own opinion. Uh, you get the uh, Facebook gurus who have their own opinion. 
I've been in front of rooms full of dental professors before, and they're like, they'll adamantly say, like, oh, no one would do a startup, right? You're nuts in front of a full a room of, you know, uh, year fours, and you're just like, well, okay, great. This uh, next slide I have here is all about how to do a startup. <laughs> so there's that. Um, great little intro for you, I'm sure. Yes, it's an awesome intro. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's when you don't know where to trust or who to trust or where to look, then you're kind of looking everywhere and then you're trusting everybody, which kind of means you're really trusting nobody. You're getting all this advice and all this feedback. And then what do you do? You probably don't do anything. So who's the first person you should turn to? Mm, mm. I'm getting more and more loaded questions as oh, we yeah. go. Yeah, You're setting me up for So the first person you should it. turn to, I, <laughs> you know, I do think that <clears throat> it can be a bit scary to turn to a friend who's done it and only done it for a short while. If you have a friend who did a startup and they're six months in and they're like, yeah, I'm crushing it. Time horizon again, you're six months in. I wouldn't say you're a success or a failure six months in, but I'd also be curious or concerned if you're giving advice on how to do it six months in, you know, 12 months in. And and sometimes I equate that to imagine that, you know, uh, you had clinic tomorrow. You were, you know, it's a Thursday night. The bars are open. We're having fun. We went out all night. Your friend went to clinic. You know, your friend's kind of hungover. Your friend got lucky, placed a perfect crown seat, and then saw you walking back and said, hey, listen, like you and I both know I got a little banged up last night, but I just crushed it. And the professor said I did so good. I'm actually going to teach everybody how to do it. You'd be like, you're not teaching me. You've done it one time and you got lucky because I know what you were doing last night. But there are people all over the internet that are basically in that mode. They got lucky or maybe they've had success in six months and they're like, listen to me. Ask me anything you want. I'll tell you all there is to know. And you're like, what? What do you mean you're going to tell me all there is to know? I've been doing it six months. And it's just like parenting. You know, it's like we've been doing it six months. I'm not going to dare say I've got it all figured out because I know I don't. And in fact, people will ask me, hey, well, what do you do? I'm like, you don't want to ask me. I'm still figuring it out. It's a trial and error at my house. And so I think that you can ask friends, but truly find somebody who is actively doing what you want to do. If they're owning multiple practices, then seek them out. If they're owning one successful practice and they did it by way of acquisition, seek them out. If they did it by way of startup, seek them out, right? Find somebody who you know will tell you straight and tell you what you need to know, not what you want to hear. And they don't have a need to, they, you didn't find them in a Facebook group telling everybody how awesome they are, right? I, I just, I've never met too many people in my life that knew what they were talking about when they came into the room and said, hey, listen to me because I know what I'm talking about. The people that really know what they're talking about, people find them. They know them. We know what rooms they're in. We know what, 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 what areas they are in the world. We'll seek them out. Um, so I would find the person that's done what you want to do, but truly the way in which you want to do it. So you couldn't find somebody who's got multiple locations, but did them all by way of startup, and you're going to try and do it by acquisition. Or you couldn't, or vice versa, right? I'm going to do it by way of acquisition and you did it all by startup type of thing. When do you start having conversations with your bank? Mm, so I think you should you should prepare yourself for ownership at least a year in advance. So if you were going to say, well, I want to be an owner by year two of graduation, uh, year three, year four, whatever, do you start that process a year in advance? Looking at your credit score, looking at what kind of cash you have in the bank, all that stuff. I think for the most part, Lots of people know kind of the metric, have 10% in the bank, et cetera. Um, but I really believe you can never go to a bank too early because the worst thing they're going to do is just say, eh, you're not ready yet. And you're going to say, great. Uh, what do you guys look for? When will I be ready? And if they say, well, you know, listen, our minimum requirement is your license for 12 months and that'll be in three months from now. Oh, well, then that's it. Great. So 
in three months time, I'll just reapply and we'll rock out. Uh, if they say, hey, you know, well, you need to be 12 months in, you need to have a, like a 20 point better credit score. Okay, cool. What can I do to get that as quickly as possible? And then you just start building your timeline off that. So if it maybe takes you three or four months to increase your credit score plus the three months that you need to be, you know, licensed 12 months in my scenario, then okay, great. You, you build that out. If you get an approval, so the one downside is if you go to them too early, what happens? Your approval is going to expire. Well, you'll just get another one. You know, as long as you don't really change anything in your profile, go back to the bank six months from now when you find that practice or when you're ready to make the startup commitment and then reapply and then they'll approve you again. Um, as long as you're still a dentist with good credit and, you know, making an income, there's a really, really high likelihood that you're going to get approved again. You know, the only thing you have to worry about, and this is more in today's market, is just some version of interest rates moving. But to be honest with you, if you go to get approved for a loan today and you don't close on that loan in the next four or five or six months anyway, interest rates are going to move. So you're in the same boat either way. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Dental Fuel. If you would like to connect with Jonathan, you can find him on Instagram at startyour__practice. Jonathan is also leading the Ignite DDS Dental Business Mastermind that's starting this month. This course will provide you the steps that you need to build the practice of your dreams. You gotta check it out. Check out the show notes for more information. If you'd like to connect with Ignite DDS, you can find Ignite on Instagram at Ignite DDS. And you can find me on Instagram at tsmaestas.dds. We will be back next week with another episode.